to episode number 21 of Travels with Squeaky. Travels with Squeaky is a podcast for solo women RVers, campers, and van lifers. And I am your host, Kathy Belge. I wanted to let you know that I'll be releasing one more episode of Travels with Squeaky uh, this year, next week on December 16th. Then we're going to take a two-week break for the holidays, and we'll be back again every Thursday in 2022. So in this episode, we speak with Carrie Silverhorn. Carrie only headed out into full-time RV travel in May 2021, but already she is giving so much back to the community. Carrie started a magazine to help other nomads with all the information she was looking for when she first started out. I'm super excited for this interview and hope you will enjoy it as well. Hi, Carrie, Carrie Silverhorn. Thank you so much for coming on and being a guest on the Travels with Squeaky podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So um, Carrie is a full-time RVer and she is the publisher also of an RV travel magazine, which I'm super excited to get into and talk about. Uh, but first, Carrie, let's back up for a minute. I want to hear how did you get into RVing in the first place? Well, it looking back at it now, I feel like it was a, a quick jump, but also a long journey to get there. Um, so I was preparing on my way. I just didn't know what I was preparing for. So I started off in um, a rural town in Oklahoma, that's where I'm from, mm -hmm. in a six-bedroom house. And um, when my kids left home and the marriage ended and I was left with six bedrooms and one cat, I realized you don't need a six-bedroom house unless you're running an orphanage or something. <laughs> and all my big family had left. And so I sold the house. And I downsized to a two-bedroom apartment, and I had moved finally. Now, I had always wanted to move from the location that I was at, but my children wanted to stay and graduate high school and, you know, didn't leave their friends. And then, of course, then once they graduated, they moved. Right. Yep. So, so I finally got a chance to move from home. Um, and then uh, slowly from that two-bedroom apartment, I downgraded again to a one-bedroom studio basement apartment and then eventually went into an RV so looking back at it now it was almost like I was prepping myself but I didn't yeah. know what I was prepping myself for okay so, um, so when did this idea of RV so the, travel pop into your head well it it came in um pretty early on I wanted a camper or something that I could travel in just for vacation purposes mm -hmm. um and so I kind of started looking and seeing what I wanted. But while I was in Oklahoma still, um, I had found a, a tumor. And so I had went to the doctor and had to have some procedures to get that removed. And so I kind of, that kind of triggered, I, I better do this now. Like I mm. need to do this. It kind of became a little bit more urgent. Yeah, um, so the kids okay. were gone. I didn't have any more excuses. There was nothing holding me back. And now this, this kind of a, a health scare kind of, you know, really kicked it into gear. So then I started kind of looking and then that's when I moved and downsized and downsized again. And then I had moved again to central Missouri 
um, to help a friend actually mm-hmm. of, of 19 years um, after a divorce. Mm-hmm. And then I found my second tumor. My cat did actually. And oh, gosh. Uh, the day okay. of my biopsy when I got home and said it was very stressful for her um, and that she couldn't uh, handle uh, what I was going through. So within two weeks of that, I had bought my camper and I was in Wyoming. I put all my stuff in storage and I was gone. So wow. those violent shoves yeah. violent kicks in the butt, <laughs> if you will, um, yeah. really pushed me along the path that I was going. So, and I'm, you know, at the time I was very uh, upset by them, but now I'm very grateful for them. Mm, isn't that funny how some of those things, yeah, mm-hmm. that, that look like adversity from, from the get-go turn into kind of be a blessing. So um, Carrie, I want to ask you about your health and how you're doing now and when, what, what's going on with that? Are you traveling with, with an illness or are you on the other side of it? No, um, actually both of the scares were just scares. Um, so everything turned out fine. Um, so it was, it was more of a, um, a wake up call. It was more of the universe going, okay, you need to, you need to get start, start walking what you're talking and, and, and get going, you know, um, that's how I took it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I wanted to do some of this stuff while I still was able to do some of this stuff and, and time became a little bit more finite in this process. You know, I, you know, I, my kids grew up, I became an empty nester. I became a grandmother. It all happened really fast. And then I was like, Oh, dang, I'm old. (laughs) (laughs) I, I need to get, I need to get moving. Like, you know, and then with the health scare, um, it really became a little bit more finite. Like it needs to be now, you know, Um, there's no better time to do it than now. Um, and so it was, it was a good push. Yeah. Okay. Well, so you got pushed out. Now, when, when did this happen? When did you leave? Was it Missouri and and head to Wyoming? Mm -hmm. May of 2021. (laughs) So just this year. Wow. Okay. So you haven't been at this pretty brand new. Nice. Okay. So why don't you tell us about, um, the, the, I know you're in a travel trailer, the trailer that you have and, and how you ended up with, with, uh, does it, does it have a name? Yes. Her name is Millie D it's M I L I hyphen D it stands for mid life dream. And oh, uh, my yes. grandmother's name was Mildred as well. <laughs> I love and, it. uh, See, um, I actually took off um, to Nebraska to go look at a place that had vintage campers kind of in a salvage lot. And what I wanted was a vintage camper. Mm. Now, initially I had went ahead and bought a motorhome um, in October, 2020, and I was trying to fix it up and get it ready for inspection. And a storm, a tornado storm came through a Missouri area and blew a tree limb through my, through my roof. Oh my and, gosh. Um, so, wow. you know, once again, I'm like, this is an adversity. This is a bad thing. I bought it off the side of the road for $750 and insurance ended up paying me $8,000 for it. So once again, it was something that I thought was a setback. That was just a, a big boost, um, yeah. to keep going and keep doing what I was doing. So 
every time I thought I was getting a negative sign, like maybe you shouldn't do this, then I would get this big push of, oh yeah, you should, you know? So it just mm-hmm. kind of kept propelling me forward. Um, so I set off to Nebraska and I, I get there and there are lots, nothing like what was on the website. Um, you know, it was really bad. They had been vandalized and people mm. were squatting in them and stuff. And I'm like, well, no, this isn't going to work for me. So as I was coming back through, I, I stayed at a friend's house in Kansas city area and just happened to find this camper on Facebook, 20 miles away. Oh. And, uh, it was just parked in someone's backyard and I bought it right then and, and pulled it home. And, um, you know, so once again, I, I went for something that was a no and came back with a, an even better. Yes. Wow. So it seems I like love that. I love this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's great. So that's How... been a constant pattern. Every time I get a little bit of a detour that says, no, 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 not this way then it redirects me to the exactly where I need to be. Wow. So tell us about the trailer that you have now, Millie, Millie so D. She's a, yeah, Millie D. Millie D is a, a 1984 Terry Taurus and she's a bumper pull trailer. She's 24 feet. Um, she was <laughs> uh, cream and um whatever I call that crime scene, uh, red, brown color from 1980s. Oh. <laughs> yeah, disgusting yeah. Brown, red color. Yeah. Um, yeah, that she was striped with that. And, uh, you know, she has a dinette, basically, it's basically a hallway, a dinette, a hallway, kitchen and a bathroom and a, and a bedroom. And so I've done quite a bit of work to her, um, mm-hmm. you know, in the back, there was two twin beds. Um, and I'm not a child, so I'm not going to sleep on a twin bed. So I converted mm-hmm. that to a full-size bed with storage. And um, I've done a bunch of updates on her on the inside. And um, I'm an artist. So right now, currently, she is half teal blue and half pink. Um, so if anybody sees that on Facebook, that's my camper. You can see her. Literally, you can see her from Mexico because I just went and hiked up an overlook in Mexico. And you can actually spot my trailer from miles away it's quite hilarious um but she is going to be different um she's kind of got a lot of different types of siding on her so she's harder to paint than I thought she was going to be mm. so I'm going to change the mural but eventually she's going to be a she's going to have a mural on her oh so. cool that's great mm-hmm. and so how long did it how long did it take you to fix her up um well she's definitely a work in progress. So, (laughs) so, um, every time I think that she's at a pretty good, uh, spot, you know, an air conditioner will go out or the water heater has a crack in it or, you know, something it's, there's always something. So she's, um, that's a theme with us, but the insides. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I just, uh, I just now took my dinette out. Um, Cause it didn't, I'm six foot tall. So it didn't suit me at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I made like a middle, um, I basically connected the two benches in the middle and made like a U shaped sectional, which gave me more storage. And then I have a laptop table that actually pulls forward so I can work. Um, and it's way more comfortable for me to utilize it that way, but the hardware is all still there. It's just hidden and people can just pop the dinette back in. Um, if, you know, she goes up for sale anytime. 
So um, she's, you know, she's, she's on her way. I'm making her mine a little bit at a time. That's great. I love that. And so, so you headed out in, in May and you started for Wyoming. What was the goal in Wyoming? And, And tell us a little bit about what you've been up to since you've been on the road. Well, honestly, it's, it's one of those things that's been very funny. The power of what you say really does come true. Um, you know, whether you want to call it a mantra or affirmation or, or whatever. But um, in January, I posted on Facebook that I really wanted to see Yellowstone. That's one of the things that I had really wanted to see. I kind of, it was on my bucket list Mm. and I didn't know when I was going to go. And I thought about going for my birthday, which is in April, but it's too cold and all this other stuff. And then lo and behold, I get hired for a, a work camping position with no experience for work camping per se, but, you know, running a register and customer service and greeting people, those types of things I can do all day. But uh, with no experience, um, you know, sight unseen in in Yellowstone. So wow, um, your dream destination, right outside the T. Yeah. So first, so now now offered. I I do want to back up for a second because you say, lo and behold, you got offered. Now I know there must have been some effort involved on your part in order to secure this job. So tell us what how you got how you got it. They didn't just call you up and say, Hey, Carrie, do you want to work here? (laughs) (laughs) No. Um, I started when I bought my motor home, I started getting on Facebook groups and different RV groups and, and asking questions and what is this and what is this panel and what does this switch do? And, you know, and those types Mm -hmm. of things. So I was just asking questions and I just became a sponge. One of the things that I found out was there are work camping groups on Facebook and work camping sites on the internet and all these different places. And there's things that you host for free and there's places that you get paid and, and how to differentiate between the two and, and, and that sort of thing. So it was a navigation period and it was a diff, it was from October to May learning period. Mm-hmm. Um, and so on one of the Facebook groups was a, a job post for the Tetons and Yellowstone. And I sent my, I didn't have a resume, but I sent um, an email to the manager and nobody answered back. Mm. And I saw them posted again, several weeks later. And I responded to the post. I did email that lady and she never got back with me. And then they said, Oh, quickly, we'll, we'll get this figured out. And they had went to spam. And then immediately I was in the interview process and then hired. So it's good for me for, you know, sticking with it and then going, oh, well, that didn't work out next, you know, and that sort of thing. So persistence and actually getting a bona fide answer of yes or no, or that sort of thing, because communication, as we know, um, in rural areas and, and other things and with electronic email and that sort of thing, sometimes it's just a hit or a miss. Right. So, I'm glad that I was persistent on that. It was a wonderful place to start. Great people. Um, mm. I'm still in contact with all of them today. I made some wonderful friends while I was there. Um, that I mean, and they they were all very much treat you like family kind of a thing. Beautiful location because in Oklahoma, we're 
you know, it's, it's not a 3D area. And when you get into the Tetons and Yellowstone, it's very, it's like, man, there's just, there's a mountain just right there. It's just yeah. right there. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's very 3D. It's beautiful. How long were you there? And what was your job? I was there four and a half months um, uh, from May till middle of September. So I think that's four and a half months. Mm-hmm. And um, I did reservations and guest services up at the front front desk. Um, and it was a, a cute little place. It was kind of a, in the middle of nowhere. So it was kind of a one-stop shop. So it was a gas station, ice cream shop, convenience store, guest registry, bar. <laughs> wow. Was it, was it in the so, national park, part of the national park system or was it no, uh, independent? It was just, okay. You no, know, it was, it was right outside. Yeah. It's independent. So, um, I wore a lot of hats. Um, and you know, and of course they always joked about it being a gas station bar. Um, but you know, you would walk around the corner, um, from the register and then walk around the corner for the bar. And then you were the, you were the bartender. And so you, you, I learned a lot. Uh, I learned a lot from that. I was going to say, um, what a great experience great because thing. yeah, you could learn if it's a one-stop shop, you get to learn all those skills. Oh, so now, yeah. so now yeah, you can absolutely. apply to be a bartender and, then, and a gas attendant and all those <laughs> things. <laughs> well, and not to mention that, you know, the maintenance crew that they had on the staff there was um, just tremendous. Um, people had just a wealth of knowledge and, you know, and once again, here I am going, I don't know what this button does on my camper and I can't, you know, one of the things was I, as soon as I got there, my trailer jack broke and I couldn't disconnect from my, my car. Mm. So, you know, I had to go up and kind of ask for help and then, you know, and then they come and they help and they teach me and, um, and then, you know, try to learn more and more and more as much as I can from them. And they were very gracious to, to, to give me that information. And then once the season was coming to an end, um, that's when I decided that I was going to go ahead and, and move on. Uh, they did offer me full-time there, but I, I wanted to, to experience more things. So I went yeah. ahead and moved on. Yeah. We kind of get into this lifestyle to, to go and experience different things. So I wanted to ask, that was mm-hmm. so your first experience. How was it different than what you expected? what were the high points and maybe what were some of the low points? Well, I didn't really have an expectation. Um, I was just, I was just kind of driving, you know, and um, I, I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, you know, I had never pulled through the mountains before. I had never pulled a camper necessarily before ever. I've never even pulled a trailer. Mm. Um, so, and I'm pulling with an, S- an SUV. Um, Mm. So I have a 2017 Nissan Pathfinder, which has the towing capacity of 6,000 pounds, but it's not, you know, as heavy or as as powerful as a truck. So I'm still pulling with an SUV because that's what I have at the Mm -hmm. moment. Um, And so I was making do with what I had. And then, of course, my first experience going down a mountain path, I lost my brake controllers. And so I thought, well, this is, this is how I die. I mean, everybody was right. They told me not to do this. This is how I die. (laughs) You know, so, um, uh, moral of the story, I live though, but obviously um, you live, you know, but how it, did you get it through all, it? Did you have to pull into one of those? You know, I, of- I don't know. I think it was just a crazy, a crazy experience. Um, 
basically my I guess my cable had just come a little bit disconnected. Um, but I have a, a steep grade button on my SUV and my mm. SUV goes from two wheel drive to all wheel drive to four wheel, four wheel drive. So I kicked it into four wheel drive and I hit the steep grade button and then I dropped it down from drive to load. Now, I don't know how to do all this, right? I've just watched movies where they're doing this. And so I just did it yeah. and it brought me down in speed because I was coming around a corner almost at 60 miles an hour getting ready to. And I dropped it down to 30 and I just kind of kept tapping my brakes and wow. I had my flashers on and I was just like, y'all behind me can just be mad, but I'm not dying today. So, um, but when I did get to a place where I could pull off at the next exit, I was like, oh, you know, so yeah. kind of lost, lost my stuff, but yeah. I was like, I need a bathroom and a, and a priest and a clean pair of shorts and an mm. alcohol or something. I mean, <laughs> my nerves were shot. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. And so then I had to go and figure out what was the problem. Why is the brake controller not working? And it was just a loose cord. So by the time you feel like you've got it, I, I've got this, I've got this, then something will happen. And you're like, well, nope, don't got it. <laughs> I yeah. have to learn how to figure this out too. Yep. Yeah, things just always come up. It's every day is a new opportunity to challenge ourselves. Uh, I was backing up for a second to talk about some of the highlights and some of the lowlights of your work camping experience. And was it outside of the of Grand Teton or outside of Yellowstone? Um, both. It was five miles outside of the Teton entrance. And then I was about 36 miles from Yellowstone South Gate. Wow. Um, what a great so location. Was, How amazing. Yeah, it was a great location. So I was in between Dubois and Jackson. So I was in a little valley right there in the middle. Mm -hmm. um, so it was remote. Um, it was nice. It was quiet. I, I didn't like the fact that you had to go to 45 minutes to get to a grocery store kind of thing and go two and a half hours to Idaho to get to a Walmart. Um, and now here I sit in big, big Texas, um, you know, where you have to go two and a half hours anyway to get to a grocery store. So oh, okay. <laughs> like the, I'm just getting more remote. So I, it kind of was a prep of kind of what is to be expected um, mm -hmm. as far as um, national parks and remoteness. And, um, you know, you can't just run down the street and, and go to Walmart and you can't always just have Internet and those type of things. So it was kind of a good setup. It did have a lot of amenities for work campers, so mm -hmm. free laundry and and that sort of thing. Um, and a lot of places don't, you know, don't have that. So you know, you there was a, a lot of good amenities for that. Um, it kind of set the stage of like what I could expect from uh, you know camp or other campers coming in and being an employee now putting my employee hat on and them being campers coming in, yeah. you know, and dealing with frustrated people and people who've been driving for eight hours and who've had three blowouts and, you know, and they're just fit to be tied and, and you understand their circumstances and you're trying to help them as best as possible. And, you know, being on both sides of it really helped. Um, yeah. So it was, it was just a, a great learning lesson. Um, and what people, want and what they expect and 
which internet is a big thing. They all want internet um, Mm -hmm. uh, and that sort of thing, which is hard to provide. Um, and, And, you know, just how to please the masses and how to, how to work around the ones you can't please all the time kind of a thing. Right. Um, and so then, you know, then whenever I went to my next gig, um, which was the beet harvest, um, which was a totally different, totally different experience. And then come to this one, which is similar to what I was doing in Wyoming and how way different this is just because of location and, and terrain and, uh, weather. I mean, it's just, it's all different, even though I'm, I'm doing the same thing, kind of, it's all different. It's, yeah. it's really crazy. Yeah. But good. Yeah. We had, um, we had Randy on a couple episodes ago who also did the beet harvest. So how was the beet harvest for you? <laughs> well, moral of the story I lived, <laughs> mm-hmm. but just barely. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I don't, I think I put on my Facebook one time, um, that I don't feel like I, you know, I try not to be a princess or anything, but that was probably the most manual labor I have ever done in my existence. Mm. Um, by trade, I'm a graphic designer and a web designer. Mm-hmm. So I've always been in more of a tech or administration type of position in my adult working career. So um, I've never been in a very hard, grueling manual labor type position. I've, I was not raised, you know, in, in a farm, even though mm-hmm. my, my town is a rural farm community, I was never raised in a farm uh, type of family. So those type of things were just totally new to me. And um, even though it tried to kill me, um, I, I came out with a sense of um, appreciation for people who do um, mm. agricultural um, and manual labor. And, yeah. you know, if you see this woman that looks like she's about to cry, that's, that's now on her 130th room of cleaning is probably because she's literally probably about to cry. Um, yeah. She's, she's so wiped, you know, and even personally uh, in my past relationships, um, I, I was the one who was like, you don't have enough time for, me and you're not paying any, we don't want to go do anything. And, you know, I was kind of that uh, way. And now that I'm on the flip side of it, there's literally no more energy that you can actually spend there. Mm. I mean, even the thought of a shower is an unimaginable and to get off of a 10 hour shift or a 12 hour shift, and then like get dressed up and go have dinner because the other person is, is yipping to go do something there's no more energy. You're just, you're done. So I felt like I needed to call up a lot of people and be like, I am Mm -hmm. so sorry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, uh, and say my apologies, but it, it, it taught me a lot of grown up lessons for sure on that Uh, end on how to be a little bit more mindful and appreciative. Yeah. The people who do the hard labor in our lives. Absolutely. So you mentioned being a graphic designer in your previous life. And now I know that out here on the road and you decided to start a magazine. So I want to hear all about that. I was doing client work. I I had a business uh, called Dreamkeeper Designs and I was doing client work. And then I got to the point where client work just wasn't, I don't, I don't know, for lack of better words, it just wasn't making me happy anymore. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so just trying to do stuff for people, I was just like, ugh, you know, I just, I don't want to, you know, I want to go out here and I want to take a picture of this, this tree, you know, and mm-hmm. I want to go look at this rock and, and that sort of thing. That makes me happy all of a sudden. And um, I was getting all of this advice. I was asking advice. I was asking for specific advice. You know, what does this do? What is, what do I do about this? Um, you know, all along the way and then trying it out, seeing what worked for me, what didn't work for me and that sort of thing. And then I thought, my goodness, this is such good information. I feel like it needs to be on something, you know, but mm. I mean, with Facebook groups and that sort of thing, it's just so saturated and things get lost. And um, so I have the skill set and the ability to put it into a platform that would be easy for people to read. Um, I'm huge on networking um, and, and people's, you know, connections and people's livelihoods and how can that person's, because uh, every person that you meet is, is for a reason and how can that person's, what they do, what their passion is benefit your life and how can you benefit their life? And I mean, there's a reason that people meet and, and come into contact with each other. Mm-hmm. And um, so I just started putting all this into a magazine type of format and it's a digital magazine. So everything is clickable. Um, so the people who I, you know, that submit me their photos that I use for the cover, it goes to their Instagram page. Mm. Um, you know, the people who, you know, sell things, it goes to their page. Um, you know, the, the, the stories, the wonderful stories that people submit that I just feel like, I feel like it's just more good information, you know, and to show people that these people are real people. They're not, you know, 20 years old with 3% body fat living in a van, taking all these pictures and they got a chihuahua and everything's great. These are real life, normal, you know, middle-aged, whatever, um, people, families, couples, um, that do this, um, and then that they can too, because I, that's one of the things that I hear, hear a lot from people is that I wish I could do this. Well, mm. you can, or why can't you kind of a thing. Yeah. And so trying to get as many roadmaps for people who wish that they could um, and giving them a sustainable product, I guess, that will, you know, give them usable information that they can, that they can utilize and then make their own choice of whether this is a good fit for them or not. That's why I started it. Cool. That's great hearing you say that Carrie, because, you know, I got a copy of your magazine after the first copy, I ended up subscribing because, you know, I read a lot. I'm in a lot of Facebook groups. I'm on YouTube and, um, and I host a podcast and yet here I found this magazine and I was like, wow, this is really good. You've got some really good writers there. Um, and information in there that I hadn't read or seen anywhere else. Um, in particular, there was a story about someone who was creating their own work camping jobs. And I was like, I had, you know what, that was amazing. And so I was like, I love this magazine. So people who are listening, I'll, I'll definitely put a link, definitely encourage you to check it out because it's definitely a good resource. Even if you are in a lot of Facebook groups and have a lot of other information. It's definitely, it's different and it's filling a different um, niche, I think, than, than some of the other things that are out there. 
and plus it's beautiful. I mean, you are a graphic oh, designer and you've got great photos in there. And so, yeah, I enjoyed it very much. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I, I love the, the feedback and I want to make sure that it's user-friendly. Like it, it is only a digital magazine because when you're traveling, you don't need uh, one more piece of paper um, laying around and you can keep it on your phone um, and everything's clickable. Um, and so when you are in service, you can click them. And when you're not in service, you can read. Um, right. So I've tried to make it as user-friendly as possible um, and less waste. Um, and I'm, you know, RV parks that I stay in, I, I do a review on them. Places I boondock for free, I do a review on it. Like if it has cell service, if there's a bathroom there where it's at. And then I GPS the location so people can go right to it if they want to or put it on their list of places yeah. that they can stop so it's just um I feel like it's good information I kind of wish that I would have had I mean I gathered all this information from just my questions and my experiences but then there's so many people out there that inspire me um I think in October there was a, a lady uh that sent me a, a story about how she got kicked out of her house she was in a very bad relationship she got kicked out of her house and was living in her wrangler and she just converted her Wrangler into a, a camper. I mean, and mm. how she did this, like things flipped down and made a counter space and then it hooked together and made a bed. And it was just genius, just mm. genius. And now she's just, she's just, you know, living it and doing what she wants to do. And she don't have to worry about anybody. And it was once again, one of these situations where it was like a hard no but it turned into a big big yes you know yeah. so I celebrate those type of stories yeah know? yeah thank you for 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 sharing that because I think you know sometimes people think they need to have like all this money in the bank and be able to afford the expensive oh, yeah. camper and all this before they can head out but there's ways to make it work no matter what your situation of this is truly your dream, there's a way to make it work. Yeah. And, and one of those, um, the thing that I like to focus on about in the magazine too, is that it encompasses everything. So it's not just for RVers or, you know, uh, primitive camping. It's for car camping. It's for road trippers. It's for um, single people. I'm really, really, really big on solo travel. I feel like it's something that you should do. Um, a couple of times in your life. Um, it's the most freeing and the most peaceful, and you will really learn a lot about yourself. Um, but then there's other things that spread off to this tiny home living, self-sustainable living. It, it really encompasses a, a whole lot. Um, yeah. And um, just, it's about freedom and peace and um, being connected and that sort of thing. Yeah. And hence the name Encompass Magazine. I love that. And yeah, and that's what we're about here on, on this podcast. Also, we're, we're primarily for solo women. Obviously we welcome all listeners, but um, we really want to encourage women to get out there and do solo travel, whether it's camping, RVing, or, you know, van lifing, whatever it is. So we're on the same page here. And that's exactly why I wanted to have you on as a guest. So tell me a little bit more. So now you're in, um, I want to switch back to the work camping a little bit. So now you're in a big bend. Are you working at the national park or are you, uh, again, at a private campground? Um, I'm at a private campground, but it's in the national park. Um, so it's a, it's an RV park. 
I'm here at Rio Grande Village. Mm-hmm. And um, it is, I've never been to Big Ben ever. Um, and so um, I just wanted to see other places. Um, I, I probably would have done anything for 70 degree weather because I was in Montana and it was 16 degrees. So mm. um, I would have said, I would have said yes to everything. Um, it's right here on the Rio Grande. It's beautiful. Um, I've actually got to go over um, and do the border crossing and go to Boquillas, Mexico. Oh, cool. Um, and have lunch there. Um, it's great. It's just opened up. They've only been open two weeks now. And they're so thrilled. They're, they're so thrilled to have tourism back over there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a great, it's a great little town. Um, you know, and I didn't really know what I was expecting um, when I came here. I don't know if I was expecting a big, a big gate or a wall or I didn't know what I was expecting because I didn't, I didn't know anything about this area mm-hmm. per se. Um, I, I certainly wasn't expecting these giant, you know, plateaus and mountains and hills and stuff. I just thought it was going to be like sagebrush and sand and, you know, jackrabbits or something. And um, it's beautiful. It changes terrain um, from one end of the park to the other end of the park. It changes terrain like six times. So you have huge mountains and basins and black bear and then um, and then it'll go to desert. And it's just, it's really cool. It's oh, just a fun. unique experience, unique place. That's great. And so you're doing um, the same kind of job there? Yes. Uh, reservations, guest services, front desk, um, general store clerk. So um, Carrie, if this is a sensitive topic, then then let's, you know, I'm okay uh, if we, we can cut this part out. But I'm just curious what one would expect to make at a position like this. If other, if some of my listeners are thinking about work camping, like what, what, what do you get in exchange for your job and what's expected of you and, and, and how much pay can someone expect to make? Well, they're all different. Um, and the way I have learned, and I, I put this in, um, I think my last issue of the magazine too, um, what I do is I find I find what I would like to see. Um, so I kind of look and see kind of where the jobs are. So I'm not going to be like, well, I would really like to go to, I don't know, the middle of Arkansas or something. And, but there's no, there's, there's nothing there for, for tourism or something, you know, there's a hot mm-hmm. Springs national park, but that's, you know, there may not be any jobs there. So I have to look and see where the bulk of the jobs are. Um, and so I utilize, you know, like web services, like CoolWorks or Facebook groups or whatever. And I see where people are like, we need people here. We need people here. We need housekeeping here. And then I look and see what kind of jobs that they're offering. Um, do I want to do housekeeping? Probably not. You know, do mm-hmm. I want to, you know, do this or that, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a maintenance person per se. Um, you know, that sort of thing. I'm not fit enough yet to be a trail guide or something mm-hmm. so I find where my scope is uh-huh. and then where the majority of those jobs are and then I, I start putting out my applications and then and then doing interviews now some of the places will say we charge rent um, and it comes out of your paycheck mm. and then you know and then the pay is eleven dollars an hour or ten dollars an hour or something like that and then you get another place that charges rent but the pay is fourteen dollars an hour uh, one place might charge $97 every two weeks. The other place might charge $52 or something. Mm. So you balance it out. Some places are free. 
So you get to stay and, and work for free uh, or stay for free, but you work for all hours. You get paid for all hours. Um, another place in Texas, it was required that you work 30 hours, but the first 15 hours went to your site. So you only got paid mm. for 15 hours of work. Um, so, you know, you have to figure out what you can live on, what you can't live on, where you want to be. Is it someplace you really, really want to be? Um, and, and is it the best opportunity for you? But I say the majority of them for national parks that I have found have been around the 10 to $12 mark. Okay. Um, very few of them go up to the 14. Generally, if they do go up to the 14, there's a higher rent cost Mm, so it kind of all balances out so it's not a lot of it's not a lot of change um it's more about the experience and um here I work five days on and two days off and I actually asked for four 10-hour shifts so I could have three days off because the whole point of being somewhere is to go and do and with a place that's very expansive it takes 45 minutes to get anywhere so, I mean, every, everywhere you go is an, an entire day trip, you know, mm-hmm. so I need more days and, and they're, they're good to work with you. You know, I mean, most of the time, otherwise if they can't, if they can't, they can't, but most of the time they're very good to work with you. And, and what I have found is that all of the resort type places like this, Mm-hmm. Um, whether it be national parks or private owned campgrounds or anything that is in the tourism part desperately need help. So they okay. will do their best to work with you. Well, thank you for sharing that. That was really specific information that I think will be helpful for people looking into this. So thank you. Wonderful. And, and also a little bit of advice about what to look for when people are scou- mm-hmm. scouting out these jobs. Cool. All right. So um, now finally, I want to ask this because I, I just got a kitten and I'm traveling now with a cat. So, and I know you travel with a cat. So let's hear about your experience traveling with your kitty. Well, um, my cat's name is Dobby. He's about five years old. Um, I rescued him from my um, not so nice neighbors who were mistreating him uh, back in Oklahoma. He is a, a pretty sick little baby. He's always been very sickly since he was a little bitty. So he has, uh, you know, feline leukemia and, and feline AIDS. And he, you know, is, takes a lot of care. Um, so, but he's, he's happy um, for the most part and he does pretty good. So he, I was worried about him uh, traveling. Um, mm-hmm. He's not on any type of me- medicine or anything like that. Uh, monthly. Um, I just have to keep up his, you know, his hygiene and and doctor his eyes and his feet and stuff. Um, But he, he does pretty good. Um, He likes uh, being outside. I've gotten him outside on a harness and and a leash and, and um, trying to build a catio for him to be able to go and sit outside. Unfortunately here, there's a lot of coyotes. So I don't want to kind of dangle him in front of the coyotes. (laughs) Mm. and the coyotes come up right you know right by your trailer um and but other places that were pretty like wyoming i mean it was bear country but i mean the place that we were at was so trafficked that um human you know wise there was so many 
so many people that the bears didn't really come anywhere near there. So um, I could have him out a little bit more and, and be a little less worried. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as traveling, he's a, he's a good little traveler. Um, we kind of had to find our groove. Um, and most people want their animal to be in the vehicle with them. I have a spot for him in the camper. He's in like a, a dog crate with his litter box and food and water. And I secure him to the walls of the camper so he doesn't slide around. Mm. Um, and then he he just rides in there and sleeps. And every time we make a stop, I open it up, I check on him, um, you know, and that sort of thing. And he's good to go. But if he was in the car with me, he would squall the okay. entire time. We've had, okay. to, we've had to work out what's best for both of us and both of our sanities. <laughs> so he rides back there. Um, and then I only travel about four uh, to five hours because I, I do have a busted tailbone, unfortunately. So driving for long distances doesn't um, really do me so good. So by the time I'm ready to stop, he's ready to get out. And so then we, we park or boondock somewhere and then I let him out and then he gets to stretch and be out for the night. And then we hop back up and get at it the next morning. So we've kind of gotten a little routine down yeah he kind of knows the drill um so and he's he's pretty good little good little travel buddy that's great yeah it's I think it's nice to have a little companion when you're solo well thank you Carrie I really appreciated this conversation um I wanted to ask one kind of one final question which is what are your hopes or plans for 2022 my goal um or my mantra, I would say, is to go until it feels like home. And I haven't necessarily found where home is for me yet. I I haven't seen everything yet. So like Tennessee, Georgia, Kentucky on my list and Mm -hmm. um, Salem, Massachusetts, I want to see. And then I also have plans to to live in Costa Rica for a a small stint. Oh, nice. So I don't want to don't want to put down any stakes in the ground until I know where I want to, where I want to be at. So I'm just going to kind of keep throwing pins at the map and <laughs> seeing where it leads me. <laughs> All right. So, so kind of part of the purpose of your travels is to find a new place to land more permanently. Eventually. Yeah. Eventually to see kind of like, this is probably this, I could be here. I could be here for for a while and not get tired of it, you know, and feel like that, that would be the place for me. But so far, um, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know if that would ever happen now that I've kind of been in this lifestyle for a while. Now I just like, well, I want to go now. I want to go. (laughs) So, but you know, it might get to the point where uh, health wise or energy level wise or whatever. Um, I also am due for another grandbaby. Um, in 2022. So that will be the second grandbaby. So those type of things in life uh, will, you know, change your plans. Yeah, uh, of course. So you never know. Well, great. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Carrie. I look forward to learning more about you following along with in the magazine and, um, and just seeing where you end up. And hopefully one of these days, you and I will- well, thank you we'll actually cross paths out there on the road. I was delighted to see that you met up with Brenda, who was another 
guest uh-huh. on my podcast that you two met up yeah. at Big Ben. So it's kind of yeah. a small world, I guess, once you get out there. Oh, it's wonderful. And, and I actually have seen people that have come through the Tetons come through here. And I'm like, I remember you. And so, yeah, you start seeing familiar faces um, and people that you know. And I, I love meeting people. I love learning from all these people. It's, yeah. it's a great community, even though it's, it's widespread, very diverse. It's a great community. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being a guest. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I want to thank Carrie again for being a guest on our podcast. Here are my key takeaways. Number one, sometimes the things that feel like violent shoves can actually be the universe telling us it's time to start living life on our own terms. Number two, don't be afraid to ask for help from people who know what they're doing. Number three, A combination of affirmations and action steps is what it takes to reach your goals. And number four, in this life, by the time you finally feel like, I've got this, something unexpected will happen and you'll realize we're all just beginners out here. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Travels with Squeaky. It really means a lot to me that you tune in every week. So I appreciate all of you for listening. Thank you so much. Um, As always, you can find more content for solo women, RVers, and campers over at TravelsWithSqueaky.com. As a matter of fact, I just released our Solo Women Travel 2021 gift guide. So if you're looking for some ideas for someone on your list or maybe yourself, go ahead and check that out. The Travels with Squeaky theme music is Field Station by Nicole Potolsky. So until next week, I'll see you out there on the road.